Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the corner booth? Well, look no further. Yeats official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. All of us here at the corner booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com, promo code CORNERBOOTH for 10% off, and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas, always fly as hell. Enjoy it. Yeats Official, official sponsor of the Corner Booth Podcast. You ready? No debate, cause it's all. I'm too official, got the drip, I got the stores. Bring the proof, when it's time to tell the truth. I'll be at the Corner Booth, find me in the Corner Booth, yeah. Still standing in defiant Slay the competition cause I'm walking like a giant Bring the proof when it's time to tell the truth I'll be at the corner booth Find me in the corner booth Corner booth I, I, see my love Hey, I, I, I feel like I have not officially said this I've tiptoed around it Hey, will you marry me? Do I have to answer now? Or? Um, no, you have time. You you can think about it. You can think about a way to say no without hurting my feelings if you want. Oh Lovely. I'll send you a letter. Just don't right, even right, cool. Thank you. I'll, I'll send you my address later so you can send it to my house. Yeah, I'm never giving you my address. I don't want you getting that close. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I... <laughs> love that intro but it's like i gotta record a new one because you know kevin only comes on as a rotating guest now and you know i gotta do one because now we do all our shows live for the corner booth itself not just the pregame but ladies and gentlemen welcome back into the corner booth podcast i am your host jerry Flim, alongside one of the newest rotating co-hosts here at the corner booth some may know him as mr maserati he is the genius behind that amazing intro we do every every week he's also one of my best friends mr yefie nunez he is so one of the sports fans, as you guys are going to figure out. And Joe, he's not even rocking his chain today. So it's like you really know he's all business. It's nonchalant today. It's nonchalant today. Bro, listen, once I nonchalant, I shaved off about a pound and a half of hair off my face. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes from here. All right. Stepfather status. Oh, my Lord. Don't even start with that yet. Um. <laughs> so unfortunately, we start off the show on more of an annoying kind of sad note. Last night was one of the greatest basketball games I've ever watched in my life. I'm not going to act wow, like it bro. was. But unfortunately wow. for myself and every other North Carolina Tartals basketball fan, oh my, it just, it, it was just unfortunate how it ended. Uh, congratulations to Kansas. You guys are a hell of a team. Um, 
Unfor and uh, to the arena crew who screwed up the floor that killed Armando Baycott's ankle, you guys can literally all you lose your jobs or at least get fined. I watched the full flex when his when his when he took a step, and I watched his ankle roll, and I'm like, well, there goes our season. And I yep. call it next possession. McCormick gets the ball in the post and puts it right in. Not only did that game, I watched two thousand dollars slip through my hands. I also oh, had to, I had to get up this morning on a seventeen dollar bet. I had to get up this morning and go to work and pretend like I didn't want to rip everyone's head off. Which, great, good thing for me, the only people I interacted with today was the the guys installing my boss's hot tub. That's it. I did not have to interact okay. with anybody today. It was kind of nice. And you know what? I enjoyed it because I needed some solitary confinement today. So by the time I got to the gym about 1.30, everyone kind of left me alone. I was in a good mood already. But... Either way, I will 16 say 16 points, dog. 16 points. Listen, everyone, yeah, oh my god, 16 points. It's like, yeah, and then North Carolina took the lead back, so did Kansas. It's like, oh my god, 16 points. Congratulations. The we lost by the Tar Heels lost by four. Like everyone's like they're gonna talk about the halftime lead, but at the same time, it's like Kansas is a second half team. And one thing I think we're all ignoring is that North Carolina was an eight seed, only yeah. basically played six guys the entire game, two of which were injured. Our best player, Colby Love, and our second best player, Armando Baycat. And we still fought the champs to the last bell. We were a better three-point shot away from tying that game. So what I want people to understand is that you may talk all the crap about North Carolina you want. They shouldn't have been there. North Carolina should not have been there. When we were talking before the tournament, I heard UConn, I heard Arizona, Duke, Gonzaga, Baylor, Duke, Houston, Texas Tech. Uh, you could keep going, but at the end of the day, when Saint I really, Peter's. yo, stop. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But with with North Carolina, they were this. I I jokingly bet on them on my buddy Cruz's show. Shout out to Cruz, by the way. He. I was living vicariously through him while he's doing the Barstow New Orleans stuff down there in the uh, for the Final Four. But I said on his show, the Oxcord Podcast, I think you can go back and check it out. It's I think it was on their episode four weeks ago, right before the tournament. It was a cra- – I just said, you know what? North Carolina has a good starting five that can beat almost anybody. And then I watched them do it up until mm-hmm. the final week – uh, until the final game of the season. So – as much as yesterday sucked, <laughs> last night I literally went out, smoked a cigar, drank, finished my bush light, and went to bed angry as hell. <laughs> Woke up this morning, still pissed off, but went to work anyway. Aggressive. Oh, my Lord. I was just so mad. <laughs> but yet, to surprise, didn't smash, break, or throw anything. That was the impressive part. So, because I was just like, I was just sad. Because it, was, it wasn't even like it, we lost on some bullshit. Or, or North Carolina lost some bullshit, or they like there was some questions. Jayhawks well, no. came back. Jayhawks are a damn good team. They are one of the four best yeah. teams in the country. North Carolina wasn't even ranked at the start of the tournament. They were ranked 36 in the country. So, the 36th ranked team took the number two ranked team to the wire. I'm okay with it. And honestly, yeah. if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Caleb Love's ankle getting rolled, we probably would have put him away. Probably. But you know what? Probably. Yeah, here's the thing is, 
I don't. The only person I think we're losing at starting five as of right now is Brady Matt Brady Maddock, which is going to stink because I love that dude, that Larry Bird Viking hybrid looking mother effort. But <laughs> you know what? North is a one Puff Johnson, the new new guy on the block, man. His brother's tearing up for the Suns right now in the league. His brother won a national title at my at new UNC, and yeah. Hubert Davis basically just showed the world it's like, yeah, UNC's back. We took about a four. They took about a four-year hiatus after they won in 2017, but they're back. So it's going to be a fun time. Uh, next season's going to be. I, I think North Carolina is seriously a threat to just run through the ACC because I think Duke next year. So I'm going to say this off the bat: Coach K, as much as his retirement tour annoyed the shit of me, he's still the best college basketball coach of all time. What's the over and under on him coming back next season? Uh, hard zero. Ooh. Watching him walk to that floor was a little sad. You don't think it he's was like this, Brady? No, no, no. There's no Brady here. This is unlike Brady. Brady just did it for some attention. If you ask Bruce Arians, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And listen, Brady can still ball. Coach K, man, he looked like yeah, he looked like he was struggling to get to the court. Yeah, I did see. I that. think he, I, I he just wants that. to relax. That's really what it comes down to. So, at the end of the day, I just I think I think that was it for Coach K, and I am so glad his first and last loss were both at the hands of the UNC Tar Heels. <laughs> oh my lord! You know what? Hey, listen, it did suck losing last night, but Saturday made up. Saturday was yeah. so good; it kind of made it kind of made yesterday hurt a little less. But all I'll say is this was a great tournament. And I yeah. was talking about this when I was on Man very Hour. Oh, very yeah. I mean you took a you took a, nut, a shot to the face of Yukon on the first week well, of the-, the both the men and the women were okay. I'm not gonna like I'm I didn't gonna expect lie. UConn. I'm not gonna so. lie, man. I watched 30 seconds of the women's tournament. <laughs> I could care. <laughs> Listen, they are extremely extraordinary athletes and their game is very good. I've just never watched women's basketball. I watched it when I had to work at the damn tournament itself back in like 2016. But besides that, I could have cared less. It's listen, it's like, I don't watch. I I don't like, it's like how I don't watch hockey. I watch it literally for the final five weeks of the season when it's playoffs. That's it. It's, you know, (laughs) like when it's not a basketball day, I am enjoying my night with not having to suffer through watching college basketball. Also, I have no dog in the race. There's no reason for me to watch it. But yeah. with – so, like, like we could talk about this all we want, but, like, one of my favorite parts of this tournament was every game was close. There oh, was no man, blowouts. Bro. I mean, except for Miami getting their head kicked in in the, in the Elite yeah. Eight. But besides that, I'm going back on my memory. There was very few, like, 15, 20-point blowouts. Everything was close enough. I mean, yeah. Villanova looked like they were getting their head kicked in too. But then again, I think Villanova was just happy <laughs> to be there. And we watched a couple of games as well too, and that was it was it was very unpredictable to say the least. I, but I even like I, I said, the women's the women's were very unpredictable as well too. I mean, yeah, who would have called South Carolina winning? I mean, everyone yeah. like. So you know what? It's 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 interesting now how I just you know I was talking about this when I was on Man Hour Radio. Um, the show aired this uh, yesterday morning. I was I was on over the weekend, and I t- I was saying to their host Mike, I said, "Listen, 
why I think this tournament is so much better. This is the first tournament where NIL deals are in effect. So now you have guys staying for two, three, four years because there's no rush to make money. They're making money in college. Some of these guys yeah. are making more money in college than they're making the pros. So yeah. a lot of these mid-level guys, the late first-round guys, will stay in the league, is, is stay in college for another year to get better because they know, oh, hey, I can make a lot of – like I guarantee like at least I, – I think one North Carolina guy will probably go to the league. But I think I think we'll get one more – possibly one more year out of Baycott, definitely getting another year out of Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. And you know what? With Puff Johnson and maybe another one of those big-name recruits that's probably going to come our way now that mm-hmm. – they basically just shock the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, North Carolina's going to be good. And it's like, and it's funny. It's like now, you you know, the one and you, you heard this year a lot. There's very little talk about one and dones now because yeah. nobody gives a shit anymore because now it's like guys are getting paid. There's no rush to get to yep. the league. So I'll, I'll put a bow on this for the tournament. And I'll Jeff, I'll let you get, I'll get, I'll let you get your, uh, your, your, your thoughts in here. Um, this was the best NCAA tournament I've watched since 2008. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed every game I watched. I did not. There was, like, three games where I was just like, all right, I've had enough of this. And click. Um, I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed. 2008? 2008, when North Carolina upset. No, it doesn't, technically 2009, but it's the 08 09 season. When North Carolina and Tyler Hansborough took the title. That tournament was insane. Because that was the tournament where it was Villanova, Michigan State, and UCLA was the Final Four, and it was electric. But um, that was a crazy tournament. I mean, I guess, like, the, the Butler-UConn one was pretty good, too. But after that, like, a lot of these tournaments have, like, the Anthony Davis, when they, when, when the, when it was all one and done that took that tournament, I think it was 2012. Yeah. That one sucked, yeah. and then the rest of them were kind of just anticlimactic. Even se- 16 and 17, which both had amazing championship games. Mm-hmm. With North Carolina versus Villanova, we all know how that one ended. And then North Carolina versus, I think, Gonzaga. Kentucky. Oh, yeah. It was Gonzaga. And you know what? It was just like, except for like the Elite Eight and the Final Four, all the opening round games were blowouts. This one was so competitive. Mm-hmm. All, these under, all these mid-majors in small schools were putting up a fight which made this so much more entertaining. So, in all honesty, I think this is the most fun tournament I've watched in the last, oof, I'd say at least decade. So, that's my thoughts on it. And also, Tar Heels will be back, and I'm very proud of North Carolina. They honestly, like, they played like champions. And you know what? They took an L, and Baycott's injury, I knew was going to catch them. Once Caleb yeah. Love hurt his ankle, I was like, oh, we're screwed. But... And when Love couldn't start hitting threes, I'm like, this is going to bite us in the ass later. So, you know what? It happens. Uh, you can't win every title game you go to. And uh, rest of Kansas. What what, of what would you say to put your final bow on, like, on this March Madness? I mean, like you said, it was great. It was definitely unpredictable. A lot of these small school teams came out and did their thing. You know, I, I didn't really expect UNC to make it that far to be honest once UConn was knocked out I'm like all right well a lot of these other teams that are lower seated I'm really gonna make it you know past the final four but you know obviously that was wrong and you know I'm hoping that what UConn does with their females that they do that with the men and hopefully we can start making a run again there you come go. next season hopefully fingers crossed uh, you know what? It's so funny. Like I'm not. At the, I I know you're a UConn fan for basketball. I'm not. 
I grew up like with it, like getting shoved <laughs> down my throat. So for me, like UConn, I'm just like, well, like when okay, so Southern Connecticut, where I went to school, when they were um they were good while I was in college. They were like ranked in D two, like like I think top. I think they made it as high as eight. And um, one of the biggest things for me was I um we got to go see them scrim- play UConn a preseason game. And I hated UConn so much that me and some of my friends were like trying to pick fights with the UConn fans. We were the only oh there was a God. southern section in UConn's arena, and then it was the rest was UConn, and we were just trying to fight them. You went to like, stores? Yeah, we went up to I only been to stores once in my entire life, and it was for that game. And I literally was just oh, like man. it's amazing, actually, isn't it? Actually, no, I actually went, I think I I somehow ended up at whatever the bar is, it the, the main bar is there that's always overpacked. But yes. that was four years ago. I can't remember anything at that point. Um. <laughs> anyway, so or five. When I was a senior in college, I can't remember. Anyway, so with UConn, I just I've never been a UConn guy at all. But then again, it's the same way I have never really been a LeBron guy. I tried like U- UConn football. I'll root for all day because I love, I love like I, I love. I never had an issue with the program, but UConn basketball when I was a kid was shoved in my face and me I've always been a rebel you know how I've always been I don't of like course. authority I literally said screw y'all I'm gonna go pick the team that just beat you that like that's gonna win the title this year ironically I picked the team that was gonna win a title in a year and a half North Carolina so this was back in like 0203 so I was like second grade so okay yeah a little farther down the the pipes but but you know what honestly that was a great tournament. I, I can't complain whatsoever. But all right, moving on. Who uh Tiger Woods is officially playing in is a is a, a like all all signs are looking like he's gonna go. Now I hope I so, ma- bro. I hope so. Oh my god, he's my favorite golfer, man. I want to see him play. I'm not gonna watch the matches he ain't playing. <laughs> uh but through some connections, I may or may not have i may have found out that he was going to try to play as of sunday morning i was not allowed to say anything until it was released publicly when he was on the course so i basically okay. had to keep my mouth shut for like six hours i'm like you know i'm just gonna go to the gym and play xbox so this goes public so i don't say anything like an idiot <laughs> well bro if he does make a comeback then we're definitely watching that oh hell yeah having, having a couple of brewskis it's been a well, long listen- overdue Next, He's it's, one of my it's, favorite golfers as well. So it's it's sun it's this Sunday, man. Listen, back nine. You want we'll uh, we'll do a live watch the corner booth watch party for the back nine. Hopefully uh, <laughs> on Sunday. Hopefully Tiger's wearing the red and he's coming down. But um, oh man, oh my god, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm trying to find the odds right now because I was going to try to do. Um, here we go. I was trying to find uh, the best odds right now. So right now. The current odds on favorite, this is as of Thursday, no, it's as of Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon. Justin Thomas, John Ram, Scotty Schiffler, and Cameron Smith are the, and Dustin Johnson, the five favorites. Johnson at plus wow. 1600 to win. Cameron Smith at 14. Scotty Schiffler at 1200. Justin Thomas, 1200. And John Ram at 1000. You go all the way down here. You scroll. Jordan Spieth at twenty two, Brooks Kepka at two thousand, Rory at two thousand. Those are good buys. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. If you want a good easy buy for a champ, a throwaway champion, Rory Brooks both at two thousand is not bad. Jordan Spieth at twenty two hundred, 
Tiger still at four thousand. That's where I got him at. Wow. Um, oh yeah. That's disrespectful. <laughs> no, listen, I love it. But you want to talk about you know, value, actually, yeah. right? I love it too. I love it too. You want to know what to talk about value? Like Brooks Kepka to finish in the uh, to finish in the top five. It's mm-hmm. plus four hundred. That's a steal, honestly. Wow. That's not bad. You're gonna make a you're gonna make at least five times your money if you, if he finishes top five, which is very possible because he's one of the top five best golfers in the world right now. Yeah. Any other long shots I love? Oh, Bubba Watson plus sixty five hundred to Jeez. to win this. I like that honestly. Like, listen, yeah. Bubba's won before. He's a long ball guy. Augusta's a weird course. I mean, this yeah, could work. I mean, listen, I me, mean, it's kind of getting more into golf because I've already played like three times this year already, and I'm probably I'm playing no, playing number three on Saturday with an old college buddy and me and Mr. Uh, me and Mr. Maserati here. got to get on the course soon. We definitely will. Oh yeah. We definitely will. But uh, yeah, dude, I, I, maybe it's cause I've been getting into golf so much, like playing it. Like I'm just so about it. And just, I, all now, I, now I'm like, I'm actually excited to watch the master because I actually taking the game seriously a little bit now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely thinking about taking that, the odds on, on tiger and to, and to be honest with you, I like the odds on Bubba as well, dude. Sixty five hundred. It's like you throw two ten dollars, you throw five dollars at it. You're still rolling away with a couple hundred bucks. That's a it's like up, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. I might actually do that. I have like eight bucks off of my DraftKings account because I was supposed to have a lot more, but you know, nor uh, the guy those schmucks at the Caesar Sportsbook Dome couldn't fix the damn floor, so Armando Baycott's ankle went. So, oh, man. so you know what? Uh, I'm a little out of it. I got eight bucks left for for gambling on the Masters. All right, but I I'm gonna say this: golf to me was dead, and then Tiger's back. Yeah, and now I am like, okay, Agreed. my one of my childhood athletes is back. I'm about it. This is trust me. This has nothing, nothing to do with the fact that I know I know I've known his caddy since I was seven years old. It's more of the fact that, like, I grew up when I was a kid. Tiger Woods PGA Tour was my favorite games to play. Yes, yes I love playing that game. I sucked at it, but I love playing it. Um, <laughs> like, yo, when I go to the golf course, he knows this, ladies and gents. I wear a red Nike shirt every time I go to Me the too. course. So Me you know, it's always on that Tiger shit. Even if it's a Saturday or a Friday. I mean, I wore a green one last time I was on the course, but I played like shit. So who cares? Um, <laughs> So I I will say this, I think this definitely gives the Masters some more mystique. I think Tiger's only gonna he'll play this one. He probably will play the U.S. Open, but I think he's gonna just he's gonna play four tournaments this year, the four yeah. majors. That's it, and then he's gonna just kind of relax. Yeah, I agree. I, I think at this point he's kind of just gotta take an easy one and take a chill because, oh man, he he suffered a really nasty injury and it, it's a miracle he's walking. Bro. It's a it's a, yeah. it's a it's an act of God he's playing. So you know what? Yes. Welcome back, Tiger. Thank you for making me watch golf again. I appreciate this. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this weekend. It's going to be a good time. Also, me too. Me too. Also this weekend, Thursday, opening day. Yes. Out damn time. Jeez. Finally. Opening day was supposed to be last Thursday, by the way. Oh, yeah. Come on. You know how it is. I know. I know. I know. Listen, my Diamondbacks starting the Diamondbacks projected starting lineup. There's five guys in the lineup here who are my age or younger. Scary. Wow. I'm kind of like it though. All those dudes have some battle experience from playing for that last place team last year. Yeah. Um starting off, like the offseason was crazy because we had no signings for about 
we had a ton of signings right before the lockout started. And then all we talked about for three months was all the lockouts here, lockouts there. And then four days before my birthday, was it four days before my birthday or no? A week before Yeah, it was four days. It was a week before my birthday. It was the Thursday before. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back. Baseball's back. And I'm like, huh? Baseball back? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, it's real. So, like, you know. I'm going to excited. I'm going to try to watch as much Diamondbacks baseball as I can until they start inevitably tanking. I mean, honestly, though, I'm not going to lie. I'm optimistic because. As you should be. Listen, the odds. We want to talk about some great odds. I locked them in to make the playoffs at a ridiculous number. I think I put. Oh, let me see. Uh, my bets. We're going in here, folks. Uh, open bets. Here we go. You're part of the NL West, right? Diamondbacks to make the playoffs at plus fifteen hundred. Wow! So I threw ten bucks down. I'm walking away with a hefty one sixty off them just okay. making the playoffs. I mean, it's not much. I mean, like, listen, I I made that yesterday at work, but okay. still, it's free money, right? Or semi free money. Okay. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I I'm ecstatic for that. I mean, like, there's also some good bets. So right now, first off, I want to say is. We all know the LA Dodgers are the odds-on favorites to win it all. Like, I think, even, I think even Vegas, or they don't choke in the playoffs. Come on, let's let's be realistic. Here. The, the, the health has never really been the issue with the Dodgers. It's more of how fast are they going to choke. So mm-hmm. they're the odds-on favorite, only plus 475. Okay? For uh-huh. retrospective, the Baltimore Orioles are plus 30, plus 30,000. Wow. Pirates plus 30,000, Diamondbacks plus 2.5, Colorado 2.5, Athletics. Who spent – Jeff, if I buy MLB The Show today, which I, I won't. It's on Game Pass. There's no reason for me to buy it. Um, I get it for free, basically, or I get it for the $15 I pay a month, whatever. Um, If I buy that game, right, I spent more money this offseason than the, than the Oakland A's have. <laughs> that's for a team that almost made the playoffs last year. That's fucking horrifying. Yeah, so, I, I'm looking at like teams, and you know, there's like surprise teams, right? So I like did the math in my head. I was looking at all the divisions. So the NL AL East, we know what we're getting. I think it's gonna be Yankees. Yankees are going if the Yankees can just keep their pitching in line. They're gonna be the. They're gonna get a wild card spot because the problem is they've got two of the best damn team. The problem is Boston Red Sox might go finish in fourth. I'm serious. Yeah. Like yeah. The only Toronto thing they've is done Toronto is Tra- loaded. Yeah, Toronto is loaded. And then so no is Tampa. Zone. Tampa doesn't lose. So it's. I think New York and Tampa are gonna go neck and neck, but I think Toronto runs away with the division this year. It, we're going you back to so. the joy. We're going back to the Joey Bats days, baby. Uh, that I, I lineup, like that. That lineup like that. is that lineup is ridiculous. They have the oh, by the way, the Blue Jays have the second highest odds. Yankees third highest. So listen, like they might finish one 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 A in that division. Um, you know, of course, the Astros, Braves, Mets. I think the Mets dodged the bullet. If Degrom's only out for a month, like, like most teams have, most of these playoff teams have a crap April anyway. The Mets just start off like a 500 team through April, and oh my God, by May they have their ace back. They still have Scherzer. 
And you know, Scherzer's injured too, right? Yeah, but he'll be back by the week. He'll be back soon. No, it's like the problem is with the Mets. It's like if they get healthy, oh sweet lord. Well, you can say that about a lot of teams, though, especially uh, with the Yanks. I saw that. If healthy, this. If healthy, this. Yeah. Okay. So let's examine it then. They're plus eleven hundred to win the World Series. I'm not touching that. That's bullshit odds. Absolutely not. Hell no. Um, White Sox, Brewers as well. Listen, like the Brewers, we know we're getting. They have a load of pitching staff. They have a decent lineup. And you know, Yelich is the Yelich is just another animal. The Rays, of course. Philadelphia Phillies is one team that's weird to me because I think they're going to be an NL wild card team. I think the Mets are going to miss the playoffs. You want my hot take? <clears throat> I think the Mets are going to be the last, the, the first team out. Mm. They are going to catch. I think because there's going to be there's going to be two teams out of the NL West to make it at minimum. I think you're going to have. I think the Giants and Dodgers make it, but the thing is, like, you may have a surprise team like Arizona. If Arizona can, if their pitching staff holds up and their hitters keep like finish on how hot they were, I would almost take the Mets as like a. The Mets is that one team that misses out because a team like Arizona or a team like um, not Cincinnati because Cincinnati spent negative dollars in the offseason. but uh, a, a team like the the Cubs, not the Cubs, Jesus, um, a team like the Padres sneaks in in the back end as well. Oh, most definitely. So the problem is with the Mets. It's like it really comes down to like injuries, obviously, and also it's the fact that yeah, their lineup's great, but. You gotta prove me you're gonna win the game. Like the last time I remember the Mets being besides 2015, which is like this anomaly of all things, right? The last time besides 2015, <laughs> where I felt like the Mets were good, was just like like 2008, 2007, Carlos Delgado years, like David Wright, David Wright, Carlos Beltran. Like I'm just like like that was last. I was last time I actually remember like the Mets being dominant. They had exactly. Johan. They had a young Johan. No, Johan wasn't even on the team yet. I think they had Pedro at that point. Yeah, they had Pedro and Johan. But my thing is this: I feel like the the Mets are like the Cowboys. You know, they're an accident waiting to happen. You know, I, I feel the same way. Where it's like, you know, they're gonna be in contention up until August or September, and then they lose the next couple of series, and then literally they're back where they started. You know, people have these high hopes for the Mets, so they spend this, they got this player, they got that player, but it's just they're not that they're not that team. Pro- I, I think the team. I think the story with the Mets is just prove me wrong. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's prove me wrong. Prove that you can stay in and be healthy. And if you can, oh my god, great. You have a loaded lineup and a great rotation. It's like if you're you do what you're bull- supposed to do. And your bullpen is pretty good, right? So it's like you do what you're supposed to. It's like great. Welcome to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like when the Mets are good, it's kind of fun. It's like the Knicks. It's like you don't hate them, but it's like kind of fun. It's like they're the lovable losers. Yeah. But honestly, they're in, a, they're in a tough division too, though. They're in a tough division. I feel like, you know, I was speaking with uh, one of my buddies who's also a Mets fan. He's like, oh, man. He's like, oh, we got DeGrom now. We got Scherzer. We got two Cy Youngs. When's the last time that happened? So I had to educate him on when that happened several times. And yeah. then also, you know, it's like, they needed to make those moves because, you know, first of all, the Braves are the defending champions. And Steve you know, Cohen has this whole reputation of spending money. It's like, how about you spend it? So they did. Yeah. And, you know, just thinking about the NL East, they've been crowned out of the three years, they've had two championships. They've had the Nationals in 2019, and then they had the Braves last year. 
So it's like if the Mets want to compete, they had to make these moves. Yeah, we also don't count the 2020 season. That was just bullshit. So <laughs> it, doesn't, it has nothing to do with who won. It's just it, we just don't count 2020. It was a bullshit season. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Either way, I am looking forward to a decent, uh, like a fun 2020, like a fun 2020 season. I am a oh, 2022 yeah. season. I am looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good time. I love, you know what my favorite part of this is though, Jeff, is the picks for awards. You want to talk about fun stuff, our right, player awards. So, American League MVP. Wander Franco at plus 1800. He's played 30, he played like 60 games. He's a beast, though. He's a beast. Oh, he's a we beast. We were scouting like, him. We were scouting like, him. The, come the on, circuit. man. It's like, listen, I get this kid is like the highest prospect besides Billy Witt, who, by the way, was uh, Billy Witt who made the uh, Rays roster. I mean, the Royals roster is the number one prospect in baseball. Mm-hmm. But it's like, come on, man. Like, let this guy get a little uh, running room. But of course, He's you have the usual. Vladdy Jr. Yeah. Well, listen, Vladdy Jr. is number three, five plus 500. Shohei is the leader in the clubhouse at plus three, five. Trout at four, <clears> five. Aaron Judge, 1,800. Juan Franco, 1,800. Rafael Danvers at 2,000. Luis Robert, 2,000. Jose Ramirez, which I'm like, he's going to switch teams during the season. Why does it yeah. matter? Plus 2,5. <laughs> Buxton, 2,5. Byron Buxton at 2,5. I love I, – that's like – I'm really – they're stretching. I mean, I, I could see it. Yeah, I they feel like I should be a lot more. <laughs> Alvarez at 2,8. I like that. Corey Seager, I love. I love Corey Seager at 2,8. That's a great run, especially if Texas you is know. as good as we think they're going to be. Yeah. Correa at 4,000. Uh, any other notables? Uh, you know, you got Jesse Winkler at uh plus five thousand, Bregman five thousand, Springer five thousand, Altuve. Any other Altuve is way back there. You have some fun ones. So you have Suarez at plus nine thousand, and Matt Chapman who just be joined the uh that loaded lineup in uh in Toronto in Toronto at plus nine. You have Tim Anderson at plus seven. That's another one I love. For Chicago, mm-hmm. who is it? Who I think Chicago is going to run away with the NL NL Central this year. I think okay. the I think the I think the Twins are going to be selling by the deadline. Wow. Yeah, I think I they're going to try. I honestly think they might try to deal Correa. Wow. Because you got to prove to me you can win games. Like that's how it is. Okay. Like, like okay. right, you made a big signing, but is this like 2016 where the Diamondbacks overpaid for Granky and they didn't make the playoffs? It's like, come on. Or when but, you guys got Bumgarner. Mad bum. That's the that's the boy right there. All right, NL Juan Soto is the leader in the clubhouse at plus two eighty. Acuna at seven hundred. Bryce Harper nine hundred. Mookie Betts nine hundred. Freddie Freeman at plus twelve hundred. But then whoa, you whoa, get some. Whoa, whoa. Where's Tatis Junior? He's he's at plus eighteen, but it dropped because he's basically missing the first month of the season with a busted ankle. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, Yelich at two eight. It's a good value. I like that one. Pete Alonso at two eight is great. Ooh. I love that at two eight. That's like I might take a flyer on that one because it's the polar bear. It's okay. like because he's gonna le- he's gonna be top two in the league in jacks. We know this. He's gonna be top ten in RBIs, and if the Mets are good, it's gonna even help his case more. Another one I love is um, <sighs> see now it gets weird once you get past like Cody Bellinger plus six thousand is honestly a great value. <laughs> He's been missing a lot of uh, – he's been striking out a lot. Yeah, but it's training. like 
nobody it's spring training's weird man every it's like if you have a good spring training unless you're a prospect they don't care i remember how many years in a row a-rod had crap spring trainings and come in the league and hit like 50 bombs it, it wouldn't matter spring training to That's me true. is kind of like a, a peek behind the curtain but um yeah no i love this no arizona diamondbacks are even on the list for winning the it's like the disrespect like gene segura at plus ten thousand. <laughs> Ian Happ, I don't even know who he plays for anymore. At plus twenty, at plus twenty thousand, this is respectful, man. But yeah, no. All right, Cy Youngs. We'll we'll speedball this a little faster. Garrico, Robbie Ray, and Shane Bieber are the top three out of the out of the um out of the. What's the order? What's the order? Who's favorite? Cole Cole one, Bieber two, Robbie Ray three. I still think smartly. I'm. I would take Robbie Ray. He won last year. Justin Verlander plus 16 is just insane to me at his age. But I love Robbie Ray only because Garrett Cole, the spin rate did hurt him a little bit. But at the same time with Garrett Cole, it's like if they can get a number two pitcher, I think this will help his odds. But the thing is until if Sevy can stay healthy. Yes, that's all it is, that, bro. That, and Sevy well, was like, our ace before he got injured. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, exactly. But I, I take honestly, if I was going to take a favor. It's like Robbie Ray plus nine hundred. It's like, yeah, it's not great odds, but it's like, do one last year. He's going to a, a, a pitcher's park in Seattle. It, it, it's just going to make sense for him, especially with all of his power stuff. Shohei Otani at plus eighteen hundred to win the Cy Young. That's that's stretching a little bit, man. Mm. Um, any other ones I like. Where's Chris? Ooh, Noah Sin- Noah Syndergaard in a new spot plus four five. Is Zach Granke plus nine thousand? Like they're really stretching that odds here. NL Tyler the Glass top now? Tower Glass. He's coming he's back not- from an injury. Yeah, he's I know, not- but he's he wow. he's NL though. Um, Max Scherzer. Is number one, Corbin Burns at number two, 600, 700, respectively. Walker Bueller at plus 800. He's my favorite to win it. Walker Bueller is disgusting. He yeah. is at, like, when I see Walker Bueller on the Dodgers when we play them, I'm like, oh, fuck, we're losing. <laughs> it's not like Kershaw or Kershaw could not pitch to the Diamondbacks. He hated going against us. Mm-hmm. But Walker Bueller just looks unhittable. Um, DeGrom. His no, his yard, his numbers dropped plus twelve hundred. I mean, still possible. I mean, I wish they dropped a little more for him missing a month of the season. Um, any other guys I love? Ooh, Blake Snell plus four five. I think is kind okay. of a and Marcus Marcus Stroman at plus six hundred. I mean six thousand. Oh, it's not bad. Like there's a couple of like guys you could really take a stretch on here. Mad bum plus nine thousand. We're rolling. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, could you imagine? No, uh, I can't yeah. even remember. I didn't even realize Adam Wainwright was still in the in the, in baseball. It was just hysterical to He's me. Awesome. Oh He's my god! My oh my god! So I remember him in two thousand twelve being like the up and comer. Bro, Pujols is in the league still. Yeah, and they were divor- He just he just divorced his wife after she got brain surgery. Dude's a scumbag. Jeez. All right. AL Rookie of the Year numbers. The last one we'll do. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. opening up at plus three ten. Spencer Torrickson at plus four five, and Julio Rodriguez at plus four five. Eh. I mean, Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah, I kind of get it. It's, the Rookie of the Year odds get wild after mm-hmm. you know you got guys at plus twenty thousand. 
I still think Bobby Witt Jr. just because like the hype around him is gonna be ridiculous. Even if he puts up a three, uh, like a two eighty five and twenty five jack season, twenty five thirty jack season, still get it. Come yeah. on, they gave it to Angel Baroa in 03, Okay, like that dude made it five <laughs> more years in the league before he was out. All right, National League Rookie of the Year leader in the clubhouse is Saya Suzuki. Angel Cruz or Hunter Green. Another guy to watch is from my Diamondbacks, actually, is Alec Thomas at plus 2,000. Okay. Who's going to make the opening day roster, and he might in that outfield. Uh, Diamondbacks have a bunch of Swiss Army Knives in the lineup, so look for him to get a lot of uh, playing time at center field. Dude's a freak. Uh, Seth Beer is another one I like as well, plus 3,000. Any other ones I really like it a lot? Yeah, no, that's about it, honestly. Everything else after that's like guys who are really you're just kind of stretching for. But yeah, no, that's uh baseball preview. We'll talk now. Me and Jeff are gonna make a couple predictions for a who's your surprise team? Who is your team that you think is going to catch a lot of people by surprise and like just sneak into the playoffs? It's not gonna make any sense, but it's gonna be great. From both the AL and the NL? Both the AL and NL. You need two. To be honest, from the AL. I'll give it to the Angels. You okay. Know, they stay healthy. You know, to be like, they've been getting beat down by the Strohs for these past couple of years. A lot of my Houston buddies always talk crap about the Angels as well. But I think the Angels take the division this season. And from the NL side, I mean, uh, to be honest, I can see the Nationals winning the division, especially with a healthy Juan Soto. Wow. Okay. Um, For the AL for me, it's not really a surprise, but it's more like it's like a no shit. I think the Mariners win the division in the NL West. I think they, wow. they, they have such a fun lineup and they have a good rotation. And I think Correa was kind of like not the lifeblood of Houston, but I think like he's going to be a hole in that lineup. Oh, of course. And so course. they're going to be that surprise team that comes out of nowhere. My surprise team for the NL, this is not homerism. I just have a weird belief in all these young guys. The NL West is a weird division. You have this, it's so front loaded yes. with the Dodgers, but I, the Giants needed everything to happen right for them to win 107 games. But you lose Chris Bryant. You lose Chris Bryant. You lose. You lose Chris Bryant. You also lose Buster Posey to retirement. Yes, they got Rondon, Rodon, but it's I don't like I don't love the lineup, and they're always bad every other year. So give me Arizona sneaking in as a wild card team because it's a bunch of young aggressive hitters, and they've been hitting the cover off the ball in uh in the preseason. Okay. If you really want to cancel that one out and say I need a Jerry, you need a better NL surprise team, then I'd say man, give me the Miami Marlins to win 85 games. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> I it's think. I, I, I just I think good. like they're gonna surprise people. But if you really don't even like that one, give me the Philadelphia Phillies to win the division. Mm, I can see that though. That's that lineup's crazy. disgusting, and their pitching ain't isn't awful. It's not great, but it's not awful. And it's like the Braves won last year with okay pitching and a great lineup. So 
It's. I think the Philly is going to shock a lot of people. I think Phillies win the division and Braves get the wild card and Mets miss, miss the playoffs, which is going to be mm. hysterical because after all the money they spent. But I love all right, it. moving on to the meat of the sandwich now, we are talking NFL news. So the big news yesterday was my Philadelphia Eagles made a what everyone thought was a blockbuster trade, right? So. <laughs> Slow day at the office. Slow day at the uh, – well, watch it there, Mr. Daniel Jones is my <laughs> franchise quarterback. So, in all honesty, if I'm really being – if I'm look looking this in the – like face-to-face, yes, the Saints were smart. They know they have to make a move. Now, there is no way around it. They have to get players. They are in a win-now mode, which I find ironic because James Winston is their quarterback right now. But – with everything lined up. So the trade goes as follows. The Eagles are sending their 16th, 19th, and their 194th pick to the Saints for the Saints' 18th pick. Remember, the Eagles still keep their 15th pick. The number, the 101 in the third round. So now the Eagles have two-thirds or three-thirds. I can't remember. I think they had, they had multiple in the third or fourth round of this year. I can't remember. And they're also getting the number two th- 237th this year in the seventh round. A fir- The Saints' first-round pick next year and their second-round pick in 2024. So this is – I love this for Philadelphia for three reasons. One, you now space, you now have – still have two first-round picks, so you still win. You move up a spot. You're still in the teens. You're not picking the 20s at all now. On top of that, you get a first-round pick next year on top of yours. I have a feeling the Saints are going to have a losing record because they're going to overpay for something and it's going to go wrong. Because Brady and the Bucks, we know they're going to win 10 games, at least 10 to 12 games. But we know the Falcons are going to be an easy win for everybody. If the Panthers get a decent quarterback, they may actually win some games. So the Saints at best are a 9 and set, a nine and 8 team to me. It depends because they're also getting back Michael Thomas. You know, now they do, they are in position to, to draft defensive studs. And yes, we, we can agree that Brady's going to run around with the division. But what happens when he faces the Saints? Well, I think that whole Saints little voodoo curse is gone now that Sean Payton's not their head coach anymore. <laughs> All right. Um, but I will say this, though. This is smart for Philadelphia for two other reasons. One, you now give still have enough ammunition to draft a bunch of guys this year and see what you got with Jalen Hurts. Okay? And if Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback, you still have two first-rounders next year. You can either trade away or go get more weapons at cheap rates. Or... If Hertz is not the guy, let's say we have another first round exit where he looks atrocious in the first round, right? Which is very possible because the way Dallas's offseason went, it's looking like it's a Washington Philadelphia playoffs this year, which is just weird to say. The Eagles can go trade up and go get a Bryce Young, uh, go try to take a flyer to Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Tyler Van Dyke, JD Daniels, whoever's coming out. So it's a nice position to be in. Because now there's there the picks are flexed out. You have a couple this year, a couple next year. You still have more picks in half the league, and you have more ammunition to work with if every if the Hertz experiment fails. If it doesn't, you still have all these picks. So I love it. Howie Roseman's covering his bases, and hopefully now we you know pick actually the right receiver for the first time in five years, and uh, you know see what happens from there. I love the pick for New Orleans. I like it because you know what, you can't rebuild. 
you got all these star players. You can't like try to say screw where they're just gonna throw in the towel. New Orleans hasn't been rebuilding since 2005, which I think they they're kind of long overdue for a rebuild. Yeah, but uh, you know, I just I think the, the I really have a it's a weird thing. I I have a weird feeling they're gonna trap to go get a quarterback. Maybe if Willis is off the board, they'll go get Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell. Which either of those I would love because I love seeing the two of those get demolished by NFC South defenses. But I think the Eagles won the trade. The Saints didn't lose, though. It's one of those where it's like, yeah, one I think team it benefited had... both teams. There was yeah, like that's what I'm saying. I think winner. it benefited both teams, but I think the Eagles yeah. definitely won because they got more out of it. But New Orleans didn't lose. They just eh, they got they got what they needed, but they did they definitely paid a price for it. You know, I'm glad this is recorded because you said that, you know, the division is definitely going to be down to the Eagles and the Washington Commanders. So we're going to we revisit are that. We Commanders. Bum, ba-da, bum, 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 bum. We're going to revisit that. Oh, oh, oh what? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. You think Big Blue is going to make a run? I mean, if everyone stays healthy, I think that we definitely have the personnel to make a run. Okay. So I will give you this. Big Blue got better. They got better in the offseasons. They went from being a complete dumpster fire to being a tire fire, which is great. If Dable is as good as he, I think he can be as a as a coach and a court as a coach and offensive mind, you know what? They may actually be a decent team. I am taking the Commanders as a default kind of number two because I think because Wentz you, is, you love Carson Wentz. It's all good. Don't not mention that man's name on this podcast. No, um, <laughs> I think Carsonimus West Carl Wentz will. Make a couple plays where you're gonna like holy smokes the Reds the Washington football team or Commanders or Commies whatever the hell they're called is gonna be great. And what scares me is if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, I am shitting bricks right now. Bleacher Report just released a story about like two hours ago about how are the Cowboys overthinking themselves out of a playoff spot? They lost Amari Cooper. They haven't replaced him. They didn't fix any of the problems in the secondary or their pass rush. They lost Randy Gregory. Yet they still can't. They still have Zeke on the roster, which I don't get. Why? I mean, I understand his value, but he, they're overpaying for him. They got Michael they're, Parsons. They're, they resigned Gallup. Yeah, they resigned Gallup. Yeah, but you also have Dax monster contract. Yeah, Mister Glass. You have Mo- Dax monster contract eating up cap space, mm-hmm. and you have Tony Pollard. You're losing in a year, and CD Lamb. You have to pay at the end of next year too. So it's like not this coming year, next year, and Micah Parsons in two years. So yeah. My biggest thing right now, and, and Trayvon Diggs next year, it, it's – and I wouldn't pay Trayvon Diggs. Are you kidding me? Hell no. Um, With Dallas, I still think they're going to be around the wild card. I just – I want to see them act, it, it Their draft is going to make everything for this season. They have to have a flawless – not flawless, but they have to have one of the better drafts in the league this year. I mean, essentially, they traded with you guys last year – and they had a phenomenal draft regardless. Well, they, they also drafted they're, they're, the defensive yeah, rookie of the year. They they basically they hit they they hit one out of seven, and their one out, their one was amazing, right? But well, no, 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 because they also got they got they traded with you guys. They still got Parsons, and then they got Trayvon Diggs afterwards. Which Trayvon Diggs is, was in his second. Trayvon Diggs is in his second year. He's in his third year now. Okay. Because I remember, I thoroughly remember Diggs picking off Carson Wentz. That's why I know he's just a second-year guy. Um, yeah, no, but you're right though. De- like they definitely got Parsons, who was a all-world type of player. I was wrong. I thought Parsons was going to struggle. I was wrong. I'll eat that. 
I thought jo- jo- I thought Joker with uh, Jeremiah Owusu uh, Karamo was going to be great, but the problem is he plays for the Browns, so he's cursed. <laughs> but um, with the Cowboys, it's like the NFC East is just so weird. Okay, so like I don't know what's going to happen because you have any team. I, I'm really going to say is any team could win the division. Some are more logical than most. Oh, Philly and Dallas, but there are also some teams like. Washington and New York who could make a run. And it, it's it's hard to predict that division. Of course, my heart's is Philadelphia, and my head is even leaned that way because they're the one team in the NFC East this year who improved and did not lose anything that hurts them. Too bad. Now we still have to wait to see what they do draft night. If they and apparently they're still in the running for Honey Badger, which I know they're not the favorite, but it's still a possibility. I mean and Stephon Gilmore apparently. Yeah, well, that that's the one I was. Well, that the Stephon Gilmore one. I even I saw that one last week. I was like, cool. If he can play, I mean, like, I listen. I'd rather have Steven Nelson back because he's younger. But like, Gilmore's still a Hall of Fame caliber cornerback. It's like, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather Gilmore than Patrick Peterson. I'm happy. I kind of happy Patrick Peterson went back to Minnesota because it's like mm-hmm. dudes losing a step. At least Gilmore can still cover. And Gilmore's yeah. our number two with Slay as our one. That's not a. And Avante Maddox in the slot's not a bad defensive backcourt at all. So, because Gilmore quietly had a great season for Carolina. So, listen, Marcus Epps was like our best like reserve safety last year, and he's gay. Apparently, Nick Sirianni's like, you know, Rodney McLeod, we might take you back on a bargain deal, but Marcus Epps is gonna be our starting safety. And I'm like, dude, had some of the biggest plays of our season. So. Mm-hmm. I love Rodney too. I just wish he'd stay more healthy, but you know, I, I don't know how it's going to go as an Eagles fan. I really don't. I mean, I'm kind of draft just, night is going to be amazing, though. Draft night is going to be yeah. amazing. Oh, I'm by excited. the way, mock draft number one gets revealed next Tuesday. Me and your boy, you guys' favorite draft analyst, my man, Uke, belly up, uh, Uke on football. You can find him on Twitter. He, of course, came on to do our draft special. We broke down the top five positions. Me and him are doing our mock draft. 1.0 next Tuesday, of course, live on our YouTube, but we'll also probably kind of sprinkle it in. We might do it earlier because if I have off, I'll do it at one because the poor kid lives in Israel. So it's like one o'clock here is seven o'clock there. It's like, that's ridiculous to me. So Jeez. I feel bad because it's two 30 in the morning. Eight, six, six 30 here is, I think he said one 30 there or two 30 AM there. So the dude was up last time he was on my show. We did a draft thing. He was up to four thirty in the morning helping me out. So, jeez, bro, dude's got dedication, man. I can't knock. He's a college student though, so he, I mean, I've done crazier things. So, or crazy <laughs> enough, crazy-ish things, right? So next week, of course, we will do our draft special as well. Um, yeah, no, NFL's the, the NFL draft's gonna be a fun time. It's with this trade now, it's a little easier for me to do a mock draft. Now, my thing is, you know, for draft night, you know, obviously I know I tried to text you last year and you were like, you know, you know, still coming off a high when you guys. Bro, I was. With- <laughs> also, Samir, also, Samir's reaction was like the greatest thing of all time. There's a video on his phone of him swearing, screaming, cursing the existence of the Philadelphia Eagles for and the Dallas Cowboys for swapping picks to hop ahead of him to get Devontae Smith. And then I had to hear for the entire preseason how Kadarius Tony is a better player. 
I'm no, not. I don't think Kadarius. I know. I know. Player. You're 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 smarter than that. You are a lot smarter than that. All I'm saying, listen, Kadarius Tony. My biggest problem with him, yes, he is a all the, like the things they said were so great about him were like, that's cool, man. But that doesn't make you a number one receiver. Makes you a good a good weapon, but it doesn't make you a one A guy. Where the things about Devontae Devontae Smith that made him a great player, his top parts were like what made him a number one guy. Mm-hmm. So I think I think Kadarius Tony could be a great number two receiver in the NFL. Seriously. That's honestly got to pay. I think he'd be a great number two. Like, an, like in Madden, he'd be a great like 82, 83 overall receiver, 85 maybe if he has a great Pro Bowl year. But I think the Giants overreached on him. They could have gotten him in the second round. No, because or, Harbaugh and Baltimore – yeah, but it's it's hard. It's horrible, the man. They're hot. and Urban Meyer in Jacksonville was looking at Kadarius Tony as well. Yeah, but Urban Meyer. So the fact idiot. that the Giants Ur- traded back, still to where we are, we're what we're like in fifth because of the Bears, and we still got a generational y'all uh, better weapon. All right, from your from your words, which was very disappointing, very disappointing talking about who's, a who, wide who's, out who's, hype. Who, Who's your generation? You know I mean? Who are you calling a generational weapon? A generational weapon is Kadarius Tony. Because not only can he catch the ball well, but he has speed. He's not he even the best technically... receiver in his own division from the rookies. Uh, I mean, fair enough, because when we drafted Odell, Odell wasn't the best receiver out of the rookie, rookies okay, either. Okay, do not compare those. That's disrespectful to Mr. Beckham. I'm just making a comparison to when the rookies had came out, especially when he came out from LSU. He wasn't the best rookie, you know, coming out of that draft class, especially in our division. But time showed different. And that's going to be the same thing for Kadarius as well. Buddy, I love you. I truly do. But listen, I think you're stretching on this one, okay? Like, listen, I, I'm I, speaking I, facts. I, you know me. Speaking facts, this you. is more like, this is like hypothesis and like, like some Aristotle shit, man. You're really trying to stretch for this one. Listen, if Canarius Tony is that good of a receiver, I'll eat it like I ate it with Justin Jefferson. And you know what? With Jefferson, I was just letting my fans, fan sided, like kind of take up. I was noticing today, I was watching some tape on jail on the, on Devonte Smith for the Eagles this year. You know, I noticed why uh, Jalen Rager struggles to get open a lot. If the play isn't designed for him, he doesn't give a shit. There was a screen pass to Adams where he broke like three tackles and got a first down. Jalen Rager off the box didn't do jack. So I, I think that's another one to look at. But Rager would get the ball thrown at him and he still would like not know what to do. He yo, listen, he's not even <laughs> star- he's not starting now. He's he's our fourth guy if he's lucky. Because Pascal took his spot as number two, as the other flanker with uh with uh Quez in the slot. Or they put mm-hmm. Pascal in the slot. Either way, it's three big dudes who can catch and run. And apparently we still might go get another guy. So I don't know. It's gonna be weird. Um, we got a link up for draft night. Oh, I mean, listen, I'm working draft night technically, so. Me too. But... For belly up, baby. No, for belly up. I'm literally going on camera. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing uh, two rounds. But, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the week again. Everyone's favorite segment. It is time for corner booth draft board. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> Corner Booth Draft Board is, of course, brought to you by the amazing folks at eatsofficial.com. 
promo code CORNERBOOTH for 10% off. Me and Mr. Nunez over here, of course, have our amazing pairs. I have like three pairs at this point. Either way, <laughs> promo code CORNERBOOTH for 10% off. These are bulletproof sunglasses. Not really. Don't like actually shoot them with a gun. Don't be an idiot. But they are indi- they're very indestructible. These guys, these take a lot of abuse. They don't scratch easily. I've worn the darties, beach parties, graduations. I've worn them on boats. I've done everything with them. They are great sunglasses. I love them truly and dearly. Promo code CORNERBOOTH, 10% off. They are official sponsor of the CORNERBOOTH podcast and the CORNERBOOTH dartboard. Mr. Nunez, you want to know who's on my dartboard today? Yes, sir. It is LeBron James. So, listen. His April 1st tweet about how he's out for the season. What's hysterical is I bought it for about 20 minutes because I'm like, their season's going so bad. It's honestly smart for him to take the rest of the season off. Oh God. And here's the thing. The LA and Magic Johnson, I think was on first, uh, was on get up yesterday. I believe, I believe it was yesterday. First or maybe first well, he first was day. on multiple shows. Yeah. So he was talking about how they wanted DeRozan and to keep KCP yep. and yep. to keep, Caruso. Alex Caruso. That team is fucking scary. LeBron, <laughs> AD, DeRozan, Caruso, KCP. Good God. They're a fir- they're second in the West right now. But they won but. Russell. I love Brody. That's my dog, man. But the problem is Brody, Brody. and LeBron styles don't mix. I could have told you that a month ago or a year ago. It wouldn't have mattered. They've never mixed. You could play with them in 2K. You won't win the finals. Sim it nope. a thousand times. You'll win once, and it's a lucky shot. I'm telling you right now, the LeBron LeBron is regretting going to LA. I think he seriously is. I think he's regretting recruiting AD. He's regret he's regretting bringing Westbrook there when they could have had DeRozan. Well, I don't think thing, you he's regret also, going to LA if you want a championship. Well, well, he won his championship, yes, but now he's not going to win another one unless he goes to a new team. Yes. No. Very fortunately, thank God. Um, Kobe's still better. Um, oh, AD. I think he's <laughs> regretting. I think he's regretting AD at this point now too. Because Anthony Davis, if I'm not mistaken, has only played at least at the most 60% of his games as a leg. Yeah, he's injury prone. He's injury prone. What Which, saved I mean, him I've... that year that they won was having that long break. Um, yeah, which allowed him to stay healthy, like which is, which is yeah. why you know most sports fans don't count the 2020 season at all, except for football. He's only mm-hmm. a full season. Um, I will say this, though. Before we sign off, because we've hit the hour mark, and of course, you know, both of us have to go eat food, and also because you know we're at the end of our uh, end of our uh, topics list. LeBron, to me, unfortunately, gambled on himself, and for the first year and a half, it worked. It did. It really did. He won a championship. He's won three championships in three different cities. It's a feat. I don't think anybody who's a star player who's not named Robert Ory can say right. I think uh, Robert Ory only won two title, two chips, two teams with. Multi championship, whatever. Three teams, three championships, three cities. That's not uh, four championships, three teams, three cities. It's not bad, and it gives LeBron something cool. That's why he's a top five player all the time. But I think LeBron over gambled. He should have dipped after the 2020 season. Now he's locked in, and now he's banking on whatever team get Bronny gets is going to be decent. But the thing is, like, we don't even know Bronny if he's Bronny's going to be a top 25 player in the draft. Well, I mean, oh, because hopefully of the fact he is. That- the fact that they're probably going to get LeBron, people are going to teams are going to definitely. But LeBron at like Brian age what LeBron at age forty, 
Look at LeBron at age 37. <laughs> yeah, still, but dude, I mean, like, look at dominated. Michael Jordan at age 37, Michael Jordan at age 38. That's it was two like, different players, though. Yeah, but LeBron Michael came Jordan's, in at Michael 18, Jordan's better. and he's still, he's still dominating. Michael Jordan at 36 couldn't even hold a candle to what LeBron did at 36. Yeah, but Michael Jordan, LeBron's career can't hold a candle to Michael Jordan, so there you go. But, all right. All I'll say is about to eclipse Kareem for the most. Who gives a shit? It's scoring. I'd rather chips, oh baby. I put Bill. That's Russell a team thing. Head. That's a team accolade. Exactly. Bro. It's a team sport. You want to talk about? Okay. You want to talk about? Talk about scoring in golf or tennis? Congratulations. They're individual sports. All right, oh ladies God. and gentlemen. Today's <laughs> member of the corner root dartboard is Mr. LeBron James. We will be back Thursday with special guest on Brad from Unbearable Sports. He's a riot. You guys will love him. Um, Mr. Maserati may be joining us as well. We don't know. It's we're gonna have a bunch of mystery guests on Thursday for our live show. Uh, next Tuesday, of course, mock draft 1.0. And you know what, folks? Have a great week. Enjoy yourself. And you know what? Go Dunbacks. There we go. I said it. Peace. Let's go. Go Yanks. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.